Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. We would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. This week, we will be talking about two martial arts films, 2013's Commando, A One-Man Army, featuring Vidyat Jamwal and Pooja Chopra, and 2016's Boggy, which stars Tiger Shroff and Shraddha Kapoor. We are very happy to be joined by Kathy Gibson this week, the mind behind Access Bollywood. But before we get to the conversation, we'd like to mention our new podcast network and sponsor. Bollywood is for Lovers is proud to be a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. We'll have more information for you about the network as well as ATB later in the episode. For now, though, let's hear from Kathy Gibson. So we're here with Kathy Gibson from Access Bollywood. Kathy, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm excited to be here with you, Aaron and Matt. I will say that we did clear this with Shaw because <laughs> yeah. we did not want to scoop his guests. <laughs> right. You, I, I get he has to give permission on a lot of things in my life, so he's getting signed off for farming me out to other things. So yeah, yeah we got permission in person when we met him in uh, Toronto. You got to meet him? Yeah. yeah. We we all went to go see Rabta together. It was a terrible mistake. <laughs> that, oh, no. And I chose Rabta over Hindi Medium. What were you I thinking? had already seen Hindi Medium, but I hadn't seen Rabta, and I'm so sorry. Yeah. I had hopes for Rabta. I really did. And yeah. Jim Sarb is my new, he's my new guy. He's one of, he's, well, there's a stable of guys, and he's, he is now in there. So it's. But, uh, yeah, the rest of the movie was not good. <laughs> it sure wasn't. Um, no, we turned on it pretty quickly. But not that Shaw has any kind of say in, you know, whose podcast you appear in. We just didn't want to, to appear that we were stealing his guests. So thank you, Shaw, for allowing us to invite you yeah. to the show. But uh, you run a website called Access Bollywood. Uh, do you think you can tell our listeners a bit about it? Because it's a very useful site. Super useful. Thank I you. use it all the time. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah, it's it started mostly as just obviously just a review site, but um, over the years I've kind of expanded it, and um, so it's not just reviews. It's also some local theater stuff. For I live in the Chicago area, so what's going on in Chicago, and um, I focus a lot on streaming services, mm-hmm. and so I have lists of. All of the Bollywood movies, Indian movies, anything that might be of interest. So if it's like a Western movie and like like Bapasha Basu's in it, like The Lovers, like I include that in my list. Um, so I have lists for Netflix and Amazon Prime and Amazon's new Hira channel, which is their subscription channel that has a gigantic catalog. Um, so I run that just because... Um, I found that it was a real pain in the neck to try and like sort through all of you know all of the movies at Netflix and yeah, especially Am- yeah. Amazon's interface is junk when it comes to video. Um, so I just made these lists because I thought it'd be useful to me, and it's turned out that a lot of other people really really like them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a lot to keep track of, and I think uh, that you add in your personality and you also you know provide a useful service for people. Um, I know uh, Alan Mott, another guest we've had on the show, says that uh, no national cinema has benefited more from uh, streaming and mm. digital uh, distribution than Indian movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Why do you think that um, they're becoming so popular streaming? Like, is it just that there's a huge backlog that's able to be put into catalogs? Or do you, do you ever think more about the, uh, the licensing issues and stuff on that? Um, a little bit. And it is funny to see how, especially now that Amazon got 
invested more heavily in video, both in India and in the U.S. and Canada and, and worldwide, how you've seen these services really sort out who has access to what movies. Mm-hmm. That that um, Shah Rukh Khan's uh, Red Chili's Entertainment has a de- uh, deal with Netflix, at least in the at least in the U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in India as well. But so if you're a Shah Rukh Khan fan, you have to have Netflix just because that's where all his movies are. But then you have on the Amazon side, at least on Hera, um, here in the U.S. I don't know if you two have tried it yet or not. It's but... not in Canada. We only oh, recently no. got the kind of Amazon Prime streaming. Yeah. And from yeah. what I understand, I'll double check this before the episode goes up. And if I'm wrong, we'll correct it in the show notes. But from what I understand, Hera is still not available in Canada. Yeah. It might okay. be licensing issues, you know, so. Yeah. I yeah, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a surprise. And I don't I don't know what the what the prime catalog is like um, currently in Canada. But it was really funny. It used to be it was just like for a long time, like a bunch of 90s action movies with Akshay Kumar and Ajay Devgan. And it's like, OK, great, but I'm not going to pay money for that. Yeah. You know, I know Jism was available. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. oh, so you may have access to some, you may have more of like what. Um, India has like I know from it's possible. Yeah, my friend Parth Gandhi on uh, Twitter mm-hmm. uh, often will tell me if stuff is on Amazon as well, and it's usually in the regular Prime catalog. Not, they're not doing channels yet, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, here at Channel now that they have um, all the rights to the Yash Raj films catalog and the greater works of the Bot family, um, mm-hmm. uh, which again provides us with jism um and it's and it's follow-up which i'm glad you appreciate as much as i do yeah jism too i mean i we just watched jism one so jism two oh. was miles ahead I yeah thought. we actually yeah. own jism two on blu-ray because we couldn't find it anywhere so i actually oh, bought it that is a worthwhile investment it looks yeah, great it does look good yeah, yeah. It is. It, I'm glad to know that like my DVD and Blu-ray collection is um, that there's somebody who also has horrible things in it. Like mine is, <laughs> mine is like Boom and uh, Gunda, mm. which is I, I swear to you, if there was a fire, <laughs> that's the only thing I care about. Like well, my husband obviously, but yeah, yeah. Um, grab him, grab the Gunda DVD because you can't find it anywhere. Yeah, and the rest of it, whatever. But uh, yeah, so it's been funny to see how, how streaming services have sorted out and um, are really competing for, for customers. And for a long time, that wasn't the case. It was just kind of like, eh, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you were stuck with whatever Netflix had. And, and um, I, I think there's a, there's real value in it just because piracy is a problem here as mm-hmm. well, you know, and, and it's, but there comes a point where hopefully our standards are high enough, like, you know, it should be better than my one friend who's like, well, as long as there's nobody walking in front of the camera, yeah. you know, on the movie, like from where it was recorded in the theater, like, then that's fine. Like, no, I think, I think we can do better than that. And yeah. streaming has enabled that, especially since for, at least for now, they're pretty, I think the costs are pretty reasonable mm-hmm. still for what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Have you tried Eros now at all? Eros now, um, I haven't, it's been a couple of years since I tried it. And they're one of them where I would kind of start up, you know, I'd have it for a month, watch what I wanted and then get rid of it. Yeah. Um, I've been surprised because I had, a, I had really high hopes for them when they came out. Um, I reviewed them, I think not too long after, 
after that service started. Um, but that's another licensing issue thing, right? Where mm -hmm. they have the movies that they produce in house, mm -hmm. but uh, and can stream those. But a lot of the other things, um, they're just licensing them, so the they don't have the rights to stream them, which is kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, I, I know on Shaw's episode, he he has been uh, that you reported with him. Um, he was lamenting that Dolph song Kikahani was not available mm. and that one because it was an Eros production I'm like oh good at least we can watch it once that's available on Eros now and it's not there so yeah they really haven't made all of their catalog available which I find really strange because it's like well you owned this platform so if people are interested in these films and when like Sarkar 3 is coming out and I, I can't remember if they had Sarkar or if they had Sarkar Raj, but I had to take one from the library and the other one's on Eros Now. And I'm like, why don't you just put them yeah. both on Eros Now? People yeah. want to see these before the new film comes out. Well, some of the old stuff might not even be digitized, though, is the uh, other problem, because that's a huge yeah. investment for uh, what right now doesn't seem like a huge income stream for them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Let's uh, let's give a little little shout out to public libraries, by the way, for yeah. being probably one of the best, if not the best sources for Hindi DVDs and Blu-rays. Mm. And, and, and I know that at least in my city, which has, um, I think, a, a pretty large uh, Indian population, um, our library has gets everything in, in, yeah. you know, in every language. It's great. So it's thank you to the Naperville Public Library. Yeah, we couldn't do this podcast without the access to our public library because yeah. um, it's oftentimes the only place where I can find a film. So before Coin Lagaya was added to, to Netflix, we couldn't find it anywhere, but they had yeah. a DVD at the library and they bring in multiples of all the new films. They get them yeah. as soon as possible mm -hmm. um, and they're legal. And I can trust that you're getting um, high quality legal sources, which is really important for um, us as people who don't speak Hindi. Mm -hmm. So we need to yes. have good subtitles. <laughs> and if you come across a bootleg with terrible subtitles and you spend your whole time trying to make sense of them, you know, like what's, what's, mm -hmm. a, what's the point? Mm -hmm. You know, like you're really not enjoying your film and also you're stealing. We we feel very passionately on this show that we never talk about anything that you can't access legally yeah. because um, it's just it's it's not fair to promote films to your audience that they can't, yeah. <laughs> you know, find. So exactly. So, Kathy, how because you're like us, you're mm -hmm. white yes. <laughs> and you watch a lot of Bollywood films and yes. you talk a lot about Bollywood films. Uh, how did you get into Bollywood? Uh, the the uh, gateway film for me was Lagan, mm. which was uh, yeah. a, a present for my husband for my birthday many years ago because uh, we kind of wanted to see if we could figure out cricket. And he, <laughs> yeah. he, he'd read that that was like one of the best cricket tutorials, and it really yeah. is. Except for when so, it cuts out the audio when she's explaining the rules and like goes to a song. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, like. Yeah, apart from that, I mean, not that the lessons of, of have really stuck because I still feel like I don't understand cricket at all. Mm -hmm. And it's um, so but that was how we started. And then started. It was funny that you mentioned the pirated DVDs, because then we, we decided, oh, this is pretty cool. Let's get into this and went to a local grocery store. This is back in probably 2005, 2006. And the nice lady who worked there was like, happy to recommend stuff and you know started with Virzara and and k3g and mm -hmm. um and so she's like listen 
I'll give you guys the good copies. <laughs> nice. Like, thanks. Thanks for not giving us the dubbed, like having been dubbed multiple times, pirated DVDs. Mm. She gave us the actual DVD to rent. So that was very cute. Um, and then we realized the library had them. Um, and it was also, uh, we started noticing that one of the local theaters was playing them. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to live uh, close to a couple of different theaters, like within 15 minutes, one that specializes in Hindi films and one that specializes in the Tamil and Telugu films. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so we started uh, started going to see them in the theater. And then um, it was, I just realized that it's been, I'm coming up on my 10-year anniversary of reviewing Hindi films. Wow, um, nice. Yeah, so, so in October, because I started, um, I just approached uh, the editor at, at the local newspaper, the Naperville Sun, kind of kind of caught him at an event. Um, his name is Josh Larson at LarsonOnFilm.com, um, just to plug him, my mentor. And said, hey, you're not writing about Hindi movies. Can I do it? And he said, okay. And he christened it Access Bollywood. And I was there for about a year um, before they got rid of their in-house movie coverage. And because they were part of the Sun-Times news group, they uh, just started syndicating. You know, they just started uh, Roger Ebert's reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's pretty good. I'll, I'll take getting replaced by him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're going to get replaced, you might as well be replaced by the best, right? So. Yeah, Exactly. But that's amazing to me because Matt and I talk all the time about how it's um, ridiculous that there's no um, criticism or film reviews in kind of English in North America covering Bollywood films and Indian films when they're hugely popular with audiences. Yeah, newspapers, you know, know, your all weeklies type things. They almost never do. Yeah, so like... Or the the New York Times, which had a policy of having to review everything that played in New York for a while. I mean... They must have at one point, but you never see it. They, they well, yeah, did Mirzia, right? That was it. Yeah, and they have a critic yeah. who does specialize in Indian cinema. But when I look at kind of our landscape here in Canada, yeah. no one's talking about them. And our Alt Weekly, they'll publish like a whole front page article on a small art house film that's playing, you know, five times. And yeah. nothing against that art house film, but, you know, yeah. it brings in a, you know, a... a smallish audience um and then when we go out to the uh the theater in town that specializes in the hindi films it'll be packed and sold out (laughs) and you know so it just seems like you know you're really missing an audience here or a potential audience who could be getting Mm -hmm. into these films so i just think it's amazing that you just approached your paper and that they ran it for a year yeah (laughs) good for you it was it was uh, it was a great opportunity and you see even now that like Rotten Tomatoes, because of whatever policies they have, you know, they don't even run reviews because they don't, you know, and try getting accepted on there. They don't they don't take you unless you are writing for a regular newspaper, which, you know, most, you know, most publications don't employ, you know, reviewers in house. There's only a handful of people. And so it's, you know, you're just I'm just out here, you know, and, and everybody else who's reviewing them is just kind of plugging away, trying to increase the audience. And you do see how it is increasing and it used to be the case where um you know now i i always go for show friday morning and so it's a smaller audience but there's always reliably several other non-indian people there especially like retirees Mm -hmm. um you know who i think one of the the underserved audiences by movies in general but but especially by you know the potential audience for the hindi movies is 
older people just because mm-hmm. if you have trouble hearing, you have subtitles, yep. so you don't have to worry about it. And um, so I think I think that's a great opportunity. And I you know I don't I have no marketing experience. I can't help with this, but I wish somebody would take and roll with it and be like, all right, bus them all in from you know your local assisted living facility. And <laughs> everyone can enjoy it. Well, speaking about uh, growing um, box office in North America, you also keep track of the box office receipts coming in for the films. And I've noticed that you uh, have a difficulty with Canadian box office because Bollywood Hungama double counts yeah. our movies? Yes. What's that about? It is a clerical error that annoys me to no end. I have pointed it out to them on Twitter. I don't have a contact. I wish I did to say... Stop adding the Canadian theaters in twice. That's not, you know, you have to. And and it used to be the case where every studio who released a movie here or would or every distributor who released movies here would report their figures to uh, box office mojo. Mm -hmm. And so you could always get accurate counts there. And for some reason, a bunch of them stopped doing it. So like the only way to find all of the movies, you know, information on all of the movies that are currently playing in Canada and the U.S. is at. Hollywood Hungama, which does, yeah, is, is, you know, only so reliable. And yeah, I know they're it's not, not really a news site. <laughs> no, and it, and they're not even collecting the data themselves. It's from this company called Rentrack, which yeah. was bought by Comscore. It's like, you're just typing it in wrong. Just get somebody, crazy. Let, pay me to do it. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I would love the money. And, um, and then again, it's only theaters yeah. with a Rentrack account that are reporting. Right, exactly. So it's kind of, you know, you're never getting the full picture, and it's mm-hmm. which kind of stinks. But you do get to see how, um, like you alluded to, Aaron, that it's these movies make a lot of money here. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at the per theater um, averages, yeah. like, you know, you're better off as a theater programming a new, brand new um, Hindi movie or, you know, even the, the South Indian movies that have their own different payment structure um, and ticket yeah. pricing structure. Yeah. You, you can make a lot more from one of those than you can from, you know, some Hollywood movie that's in its third or fourth week. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, so it's even if you don't keep it around for very long, that first week, you're going to make money. Fortunately, like we're not losing market share here in Chicago, but you are seeing theaters that aren't carrying movies for as long. It used to be the case where we had a number of like 30 screen theaters um, in the AMC chain. And as movies have, as theaters have become less profitable, they're selling things out. One of them sold like, I think, 13 of the screens. And so like blocked off a whole wing and that became a bowling alley. And, you know, so you're just losing the screen space. Um, But they're still, you know, they're still finding finding room here just because they are money makers. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the uh, um, high costs of showing uh, South Indian films, how much was it for you to go see Bahubali? Because it was like forty dollars here for first showing, right? No, no, no. It was. It depended on what theater you went to. If you went to go see it on the IMAX in 3D, and we had it on IMAX in 3D at our space science center, yeah, our local like space science center that does nature movies actually showed it and showed it for like two or three weeks. Yeah, Um, that was about thirty. Yeah, Um, but then the theater just down the block from us. That's a much smaller theater. It was only 15. And that yeah. was like opening weekend. And it's an art house. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's crazy that even in town, just you could get such a range of uh, prices. 
Yeah. yeah. So I remember you and Shaw were talking about this, and I wanted to tell you, like, mm-hmm. here here in Edmonton, we had, you know, it was Great India Films, I think, was releasing it. That was the mm-hmm. name of the company. Um, well, it was Edmonton Movie Club that brought it in. But, like, the, the company they got it from was yeah. Great India Films. Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah. the, the release schedule on those is so weird, but, yeah... I wanted to tell people who were uh, seeing that pop up in the top ten, like, okay, it's in there, but there's a kind of a yeah. there's a reason why that that's yeah. in there. Yeah, there's a caveat of how much these tickets are costing, but at the same time, people are still willing. There's to still pay interest, that. yeah. So, I um, I'm sneaking into my desk drawer right now to try and try and find my ticket stub. So pardon me if there's clanking noises. Um, what did I pay for it? Because I went opening week. Um, I did not go first show. I did not go um, to the IMAX, which did also play by us. I will say that my friend Melanie, who is uh, just ha- happens to be another um, another movie reviewer who happens to live in the exact same town with me, another white lady. Mm-hmm. Um, she's at uh, Movie Maven Gal. You can mm-hmm. find her on Twitter. Yeah. And we checked out many of her recommendations because of her. We went to go see Angamali Diaries, and Matt has ah. not stopped talking about Angamali Diaries. It's my favorite movie of the year. It's so good. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. She and she is a nut for. Uh, Pravas, the uh, star of Bahu Bowling. Mm-hmm. Okay, why can't I find this now? And so she saw it. So I paid, okay, I went that Friday. So that was the first, we had Thursday preview day shows, which were inflated prices. On Friday, 10 a.m., I paid $23 for the non-IMAX version. Wow. She went first show in IMAX on Thursday. I think it was 42 bucks, oh, And then she wow. went back again the next day. And saw it again and paid the twenty three dollar price. So, That's crazy. So just off of, of Melanie alone, her, <laughs> the movie did very well. She's really inflating that. Yeah, uh, receipts that are a little bit inflated from one person. I guess <laughs> if it was fifteen dollars here, it'd be like maybe eleven dollars American, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. But I guess that is kind of in keeping with how in India, depending on what province you go see a movie, and it could be super cheap to more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think they're reliably here like first weekend. First weekend here, it may be about $20. Um, could be as low as 15 but I, I don't know. It usually takes a couple weeks of release before you can start getting them down to like the regular, you know, the same price tickets uh, as, as uh, Hollywood movies. Um, but that's mostly for the South Indian films. Are they doing that yeah. with Bollywood as well? No. Yeah. Bollywood is strictly the same pricing as Hollywood films. Yeah, it's about um, the same here. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, Tamil movies are banned in our uh, nation's largest cinema chain for extremely racist reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, which I believe you discussed in the uh, in the episode with Shah, right? Yeah. About, about Nipura, about the uh, potential yeah. for violence or something. Which oh, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, um, we should write them a letter, a stern letter. <laughs> Saying this is racist, knock it off. Cineplex Odeon, <laughs> that's Ooh. who did it. Yeah, yeah, they should know better. But I have to say, I really appreciate in your box office breakdowns that you actually look at the difference between Canada and the U.S. Because every other box office breakdown you ever see includes Canada in the U.S. domestic yeah. market, and so we don't really have an idea of kind of what movies are more popular here in Canada versus yeah. the States. Yeah. And you actually do that in your breakdowns of the Bollywood films. And I would say that we usually have poor taste. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say, what, like Punjabi movies do really well here. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. But like, what was it Y'all really made... like Salman. Yeah, Salman. Yeah. Yeah. Salman oh. is very popular. Uh, it was Houseful. <laughs> Houseful 3 did really well here. And I was like, no, Kathy, don't reveal that. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell our terrible secret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's it's fun that you're getting that data and we can actually start examining it. So thank you yeah. very much. Oh, you're welcome. It's, it's, I mean, it is really interesting, I think, mm. especially like you said with the Punjabi movies that don't have a huge presence here um, in the U.S. And it, there's only there's only one theater in the Chicago area that really that ever shows them. And it's I mean, you're talking maybe 10 movies in a year. Um, oh, wow. We get one one yeah. or two new ones every single week. But we, that's that's the population that we have here. We have a large yeah. Punjabi population. And I'm starting to notice more just anecdotally. I don't know that there's any truth to it, um, but I'm noticing at my public library, suddenly they're ordering a lot more Punjabi movies. So I don't know if that reflects a demographic change locally um, that could translate to the theaters or if it's just that whoever's buying the DVDs at the library is expanding the catalog. They're just a fan. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't particularly like Punjabi cinema. And so outside of Bollywood, I prefer the Tamil and the Telugu, the South Indian mm. stuff, the Malayalam stuff. Um, I also quite like Bengali cinema. But most mm. of, of those films will only play here maybe once or twice. And so if you can't make that showing, then you're kind of, you know at the whim of trying to track it down on streaming or on DVD or on Blu-ray later on. And unfortunately, South Indian films don't currently have the presence that Bollywood does in streaming services. Yeah. So still, hopefully that'll change. Hopefully there'll be be more. Well, and even theatrically, they're still playing catch up when it comes to subtitling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's been, at least five years, probably more than that, since the last time I can remember a Hindi movie opening here that didn't have subtitles. And there's still probably, I know there's one in theaters now that uh, a a Tamil movie, I think, that doesn't have subtitles. And Mm. so it's still really catching up on expanding the audience and making it worldwide. So, Well, I think I remember seeing that Enyurang Kashyap said, go see Angamali Diaries, there are subtitles now. So... (laughs) If yeah. he is having yeah. trouble finding a subtitled yeah. version, then yeah, it's it's pretty endemic. But that's what happens when you have 16 languages in your country, right? So, right. Oh, yeah. God, and even more dialects. Yeah. So, Kathy, how do you approach, because your site also includes reviews of the films that you see, mm-hmm. um, and I appreciate that when you're looking at the lists um, to find something to watch on streaming, that you include your star rating. <laughs> um, and so then you can easily access your review, which kind of makes those lists... Um, uh, even more useful because, you know, you can find something. It's a curated uh, of... list at this point. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's there, but, you know, you can also see when something has half a star yeah. <laughs> versus something that is four stars. So how do you approach um, your film reviews um, as someone who is coming from the outside, as an outsider, someone who is not a part of um, the Indian culture? Well, I think just as... As far as the movies I pick, too, I've tried to treat it as if I was still writing for a newspaper and trying to see stuff um, in theaters and prioritizing movies from the current year uh, of release, um, even when I'm looking at streaming. Um, I mean, I can only come at it from my perspective, right? I'm like a white suburban lady, and so there's limitations there. I've 
tended to focus a little bit more. Um, I do try and treat it the same as any other movie. I'm like, I don't want to give anything a pass if it's like, oh, it's good for a Bollywood movie, because that's mm-hmm. not fair. Yeah. And it's also not accurate, I don't think. I mean, I think I, I watch these movies and I specialize in them because I enjoy them and I think they're very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Generally speaking, I mean, it's an industry that really knows what it's doing. But I think I do tend to focus a little bit on the role that women play in the movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm most interested in the writing most of all. And um, so writing and character development are kind of what I focus on and how are women depicted. And, and um, so that's kind of been what you'll I mean, that's a thread that, that you will see through most of my reviews. And I think anybody who reads you know more than a few of my reviews will find that. And that's mm-hmm. my perspective. Nice. I did notice that. <laughs> okay. And I appreciate that, like us, you're aware that you're coming at this um, as an outsider and you want to broaden the audience for these films, that they might be made in India and for an Indian audience, but they have global appeal. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I think, um, you know, one of the things at least that appealed to me too early on was you know, you get drawn in with the singing and dancing, especially if you were a fan of um, movie musicals and mm-hmm. dancing. And, and, and yeah. um, that can appeal to anybody. That's like it was I know that I don't know if I'm assuming you I shouldn't assume, but I will wonder if you had the same reaction that I did that many other people did when La La Land was so popular. And they're <laughs> like, oh, it's a musical. And I'm like, yeah. I know I watch one all the time. Like there yeah. are so many out there. Yeah. Um, and. And so that was like realizing that there is an audience here who's just needs to be willing to read subtitles. Yeah. You'll have the time. You will have fun. And um, I'm I am also conscious too of if there's something that I'm not sure about, like trying to be aware of you know what is my Western sensibility, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think is I don't run into that many occasions where I think it's like. I'm, you know, borderline on something, and uh, I, I do like checking with um, the Indian critic Anna Vedakad, mm-hmm. um, because she's, it's, it's funny when you know you wonder like, oh, is it, is it just me because I'm an American? Am I having a problem with the way women are depicted in this movie? And so often she's like, the women are depicted horribly in this movie, and so mm-hmm. it's, it's like, okay, it really isn't me. It's not, you know, like there's, there are issues, you know relating to this that plenty of people in India have a problem with and that the industry could be doing better mm-hmm. just like Hollywood could be doing better with the way it, you know, treats yeah. whole groups of people. So some things are unfortunately universal. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think it's time for interval. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, play a song sample. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the films that Kathy chose uh to to make us watch and to discuss in this episode make make us watch make is a us very, watch a critical way of phrasing that <laughs> uh they're two martial arts films they're uh commando one man army and boggy this is a song sample from cham cham from boggy <laughs> Chum, 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 chum,
As we mentioned at the top of the show, Bollywood It's for Lovers is now part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. ATB Financial is the founding sponsor of the Alberta Podcast Network and a great financial institution located here in our home province of Alberta. Since we're talking about two testosterone-fueled movies this week, I figured we'd highlight an initiative that ATB is putting on this year in an effort to help maintain men's health in this province. In partnership with the Prostate Cancer Center, the Man Vans are mobile clinics that will be crisscrossing rural Alberta starting on August 14th in Wainwright in an effort to provide free tests for prostate cancer. Don't worry, guys. It's actually a blood test, not a glove test. For more information on the Man Vans, check out atb.com listen. The Alberta Podcast Network is an initiative to bring together podcasts from our home province of Alberta. Currently, there are 10 podcasts on the network covering a variety of topics and issues, like Seen and Heard in Edmonton, a podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta, hosted by Alberta Podcast Network founder Karen Unland. You can check out Seen and Heard in Edmonton at seenandheardyeg.com, where you'll even find an old interview with yours truly. To find out more about the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, and the member podcasts, go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. So that was a song sample from Cham Cham from the film Boggy. Um, so now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, martial arts films in Bollywood. So, uh, Kathy, what uh, what, draw, what draws you towards the sinewy forms of these men punching each other? Um, hold, hold on, I just I just thought about Vijay's sinewy form, and now I can't talk right now. Yeah. Okay, let me. Okay, pulling it together. Um, martial arts films, you know, there mm-hmm. there are not that many of them in India. And why do you think that is? is? I I really don't know. I mean, it's 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 really funny because there's you know jumping ahead a bit to uh, Bagi. There's a this like weird strain of like yeah, India invented martial arts. China, yeah. you can go suck it. Yeah. And it's yes. like okay, then why doesn't why don't you make movies about it? Yeah. Like the rest of like East Asia is you know chock full of martial arts movies and great martial artists, mm-hmm. and like India doesn't really have any. And so it's um so that was what was really funny because it's. You you see um, the star of Commando, One Man Army, Vijay Jamwal, who's I hope I'm <laughs> pronouncing his name correctly because I love him. Um, it's you know he's uh, he's probably the best example. He's re- he's really like the the I don't know the best example that India has to offer because there's there's a great note at the beginning of Commando. Yes, there where, is. Yes, there is. Yeah, where it's, it's like these. These stunts were performed by Vidya without wires and without mm-hmm. safety harnesses. Don't try this at home, which yeah. is like so much better than the like, we don't want to offend anyone. All the animals are CGI. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a like, humble brag, too. Like, yeah, yeah right. our, our character, our, our main character, maybe not the most amazing actor, but he's very good at jumping and bouncing <laughs> off of things and kicking a guy. He does it so right. many times. <laughs> exactly. And he's great. And yeah. it's... um. So yeah, so he's fabulous, and so it's just fun to see something different like this, and especially after having seen Commando, you're like, oh my god, there's so much potential here, mm-hmm. why don't we do more of this? And it really didn't take off, it was a long time after, um, it was a long time between, you know, the first Commando and Commando 2, which came out um, earlier this year, mm-hmm. um, which is good, but not quite as good as Commando, uh, but... Um, yeah, this all seems like a very missed opportunity. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you kind of see, uh, it, it's very interesting to compare um, the two movies and the two stars of the movies. Because mm-hmm. So I picked Commando because Commando, I think, is a good movie. I picked Boggy because Boggy is not a good movie. Yeah. Um, 
And so the hero of Boggy is Tiger Shroff. And it's so funny how you have the star of Commando, Vidyat, who has been practicing the the Indian martial art, which I will not pronounce correctly, but we'll we do attempt. have it written down. Yeah, we will attempt to. Uh, you're in the same boat as us where, you know, it's like, how do I pronounce these names? Oh, yeah. I'm on a podcast and now I have to say these things. Right. Yeah. I have uh, my iPad next. Yeah. Kalari Payatu. Yeah. That's Kalari Payatu. That's, that's what I would say. Yeah. yeah. Accent in the wrong places, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But the, he's been practicing this since he was three. Like that was wow. when he started. So he was a martial artist first. Um, you know, he's in his, he was in his, I think, early 30s when Commando was made. He's closer to 40 now. Um, you know, so he's been practicing that, you know, he'd been practicing it for about 30 years by the time he made Commando and, and he was in force. Uh, he was bad guy in force before that. And As Commando reminds us. Yeah. Many <laughs> yeah. times. Very subtly with giant force posters everywhere and him walking through them. Yeah. Um, so you've got this guy who has all of this training and, and he really is great. He's so impressive to watch. He's, um, he's charming, he's so, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's really charismatic. And, yeah. Oh, his face. <laughs> it's not just the muscles. Yeah. Um, but, oh, although his intro, his character's intro in Commando 2 is so awesome. Okay, sweet. He, Aaron's seen it. I haven't seen it yet, but I do want to after having watched Commando. Your first glimpse of him is a close-up of his flexed bicep. <laughs> of course. Oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. And so you see this guy who's great, totally knows what he's doing, and, and is able to do these great stunts, and you really see how the kind of things that they can pull off in Commando with him, with um, there's a, a South African stunt guy, martial artist, who's briefly has a, who's in one of the big fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do so much more. And then you go to Commando, or um, Tabagi. Tiger, I think, on the other hand, started learning. He doesn't. He didn't study, from what I've read, the same martial art. He's mm-hmm. supposed to be a practitioner of the same martial art mm-hmm. in that movie. But he did, I think, some more international forms um, starting when he was about 14. So you have this guy who has been groomed since birth to become an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so he's trained in dancing. He's trained in some of the martial arts to give him a little bit more flexibility with what kind of action stuff he can do. And he's not bad. But he's not as good as Vidya. Oh, yeah. no, no, so, not even close. <laughs> yeah, like not even close. And so I think it's interesting to contrast those two. Mm-hmm. Um, what you get when you are pulling from uh, guys who are practitioners of the martial arts first, maybe, and mm-hmm. then working on their acting and, and versus trying to make somebody who was always going to be an actor into a martial artist mm-hmm. and doesn't quite work. So, Well, here's a theory as to maybe why there aren't as many. So fight scenes in Bollywood can be pretty over the top. You can often get guys getting punched through walls or getting lifted up so hard and you know, thrown across a room. Maybe it's that it's tougher to realize what's real yeah. when the, mm. the fight scenes are always so elevated. Yeah. Maybe that's it. That's a, that's a good point. You know, it's, it's not just the desire for that kind of action, but like you said, just you're so used to things being over the top that when he does, Vidyat does some of these flip moves and stuff like that. You're like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Salman punched a guy through a wall. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, so, um, maybe, maybe people are just a little bit jaded towards action. I, I think it's also coming from different filmmaking traditions, kind of in, in the seventies. Um, you have that strong, you know, you have that angry young man archetype with Amitabh Bachchan and you have, 
um, action movies that are very much informed by the West. Westerns, yeah, gunfights, that exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the route they took. And then in the 90s, they get caught up in the romance. Whereas in East Asia, um, you have um, a different kind of tradition. I mean, you have Heroic Kurosawa. Bloodshed. Yeah, you have yeah. Kurosawa yeah. doing the samurai epics, which then, you know, kind of move into wuxia in China. Um, obviously, these are not all direct correlations. Um, but and, but then Wuxia really brings you know to rise that kind of like Hong Kong martial arts film. Yeah. So you know, and now you're seeing a strong influence of those martial arts films on Bollywood. So I think right. it's again just about where the influences are coming from, regardless of where the martial arts started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's some there's some opinions about that put forth in Boggy for sure. But before we get to Boggy, we should talk about Commando One Man Army. Yeah. So this film is directed by Dilip Ghosh. Uh features Vijay Jamwal, Pooja Chopra, and Jaideep Alawat. Um as Kathy noted, Commando Two, The Black Money Trail came out earlier this year. And uh yeah, uh Jamwal did all his own stunts. This made very very obvious to us that we should be impressed by this and i was yeah and uh yeah he does this uh, martial arts style uh from a uh, kerala i believe is yeah. where it yeah. uh, comes from so the story is um as i think i mentioned to aaron while we were watching it it's sort of like rambo meets walking tall mm. <laughs> yeah because he's not uh um the main character our commando uh karen is uh in the preamble of the film, kid, uh, captured by Chinese uh, soldiers and tortured for a year. Yeah. <laughs> this has almost no bearing on the plot, really. But uh, right. he gets away and he kind of ends up in this uh, small mountain town mm-hmm. where a guy named AK-74. 47. No, no, 74. He's, oh, is it 74? He was born in 74. Was... Oh, yep. okay. He's not that old. Anyway, he's kind of terrorizing the town with an aim towards having a political career. And a woman um, played by Pooja Chopra, uh, he wants to marry her, and she's not into it whatsoever. He doesn't have any pupils in his <laughs> eyes. It's weird. So uh, she hooks up with Karen, and essentially he goes to war against this guy's personal army. And it's awesome. Yeah, and a big chunk of the film is set uh, in the jungle with him trying to kind of get away from these guys, protect Pooja Chopra, Simrit. And uh, and just kind of take them down as they yeah. come after him. And that section sort is of like very, Rambo. Yeah. yeah, it's very mm-hmm. Rambo. First blood. Um, R- first blood. Yeah. And not, I'm not say, Rambo, but yeah, yeah, the first first blood film. And yeah, exactly. And I'm going to say something ridiculous um, to anyone who has only seen maybe the later Rambo films and not First Blood. And I've only seen First Blood, but. Uh, it has none of kind of the depth or subtlety of First yeah. Blood, but that doesn't really matter. Yeah, because in First Blood, he's a Vietnam vet, and he's pretty um, freaked out about it. He's got PTSD. Mm-hmm. He was tortured by the Viet Cong, and when the cops try to get a hold of him, he, it's a very he freaks out against film. it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Is, it is a deadly serious film. In this one, there's a bit of that where he gets captured by the Chinese, but it doesn't really get addressed at all. No. It's more like, this badass came to town and then he solved everyone's problems. <laughs> and I, I like that. I, th- I think that was great. But, uh, yeah, I was wondering, um, this may be a better topic from when we're talking about Boggy, but they're remaking Rambo. But I feel like they just did it. Yes. With, yes. With yes. Yeah. But they're getting Tiger Shroff to play him, which doesn't make any sense. And what war would he be coming back from? I, I'm nothing. No remake has filled me. No, I just, 
This is the second second highest on the list of remake that has filled me with the most trepidation, mm-hmm. and that is the Rambo remake, which is only second after the remake of uh, A Man from Nowhere, mm-hmm. which I love, and uh, which became Rocky Handsome, which yeah. is horrible because it has the girl who's mm-hmm. that. Da, 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 nail art. Ugh, a hater. Um, <laughs> the nail art's, it's a ridiculous but, platform. I know, you were yeah. telling me about that, yeah. <laughs> so that is like, yeah. So so this is, ah, oh, I'm so worried about this. How do you translate that? Like, mm-hmm. you, yeah. you know, I, I love the idea in Commando that that we get kind of this speech from his army commander and um, after Karin has been uh, kidnapped. And it's all about, like, the fortitude of Mm -hmm. the Indian commandos. And they are just, like, superhuman, which explains then, I guess, why he has no PTSD and no symptoms, physical or otherwise. Like He's He's worth 10,000 men. They eat snakes for breakfast. Um, Yes. A couple other (laughs) things. I don't even think he gets seriously wounded until probably three-quarters of the way through the movie. And that's after getting shot and falling off a waterfall. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For the rest of it, he is just decimating people without any problems whatsoever. Yeah. I think yeah, one guy yeah. makes him fall off a truck and then, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. Later, yeah, he gets into a little bit of trouble later on, but like, he's a machine. Yeah. And I, and I will say, like, I think this film does a good job of kind of using that first blood inspiration, but doing something different with it mm-hmm. and doing something that feels very Bollywood. It doesn't feel like there, which is, <laughs> I, I, I have thoughts about how boggy is uh remaking films yeah but but here i think it it works like it's very clear that it's an inspiration but they're they're doing something different with it they're making it their own it's just the backstory to why he's so badass yeah and they're telling a a different kind of story but i think a story that is also kind of somewhat similar because he's karen has gone through an ordeal and his kind of reaction to that is to rage against the world around him. And he finds a good cause, yes, but it's still very clear. Just by walking by as well. He just shows up and like, oh, here's something. I can kill probably 50 guys and also beat the shit out of 150 yeah. more. But yeah, it's still so very just clear happens to run into the right guy. Yeah. yeah. Like... But he's still it's very clear that he's taking yeah. out his anger on mm-hmm. this situation. His anger at his own government, which yeah. is interesting. Right. He doesn't yeah. seem to really care about the Chinese as much as that he was left behind. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. that's a problem. And right. the action's oh. impeccable. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the distinction, too, about um, his anger at not so much at the army. He understands why the army disavowed him and said he didn't exist. He knows that it was politically different. So that's, you know, that's another theme in so many movies that, like, the army are, you know, soldiers are the paragons of virtue. They're the real heroes in India. Yeah. It's always the politicians who are, you know, corrupt and and the bad guys. Just and like this, sports movies. It's always those yeah. corrupt sports <laughs> officials who won't let yeah. the heroic sportsman do sports. Yeah. Like this really does tick off all of like the Bollywood boxes of like the themes, you know, politicians are crooks. Um, you know, the little people have to stand up for themselves and band together. Local uh, asshole wants to marry lady. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. Dad objects. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which know. is kind of a plot point I get really sick of in Bollywood movies. Yeah. Um, Especially, there's a lot of, like, kind of Telugu remakes. Um, I think of, uh, what was that one with Arjun Kapoor? Tevar? Tevar, yeah. I was just about to say that this is a very similar story to Tevar, but ten times as good. Yeah, and I just, I get get really weary of that, like, the bad guy is just really trying to pressure the young ingenue into marrying him and she's in love with our hero and our hero has to protect her like you see it all the time and 
just sometimes it can leave a really bad taste in my mouth. I think it's this just, is... It's, it's a cliche. Here, I think it works. It's subverted a yeah. little bit because... I don't think she falls in love with him right away. It's after he displays his ability of killing people and also sharpening a stick in my favorite scene yeah. in the movie where he's making her a cage to sleep in. Yes, he builds her like a cage house in the woods. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, he's sharpening that stick real sexily. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. And then we go to one of my uh, my favorite Bollywood uh, cliches where we're just in some sort of exotic locale and yeah. it's a music video it's a desert, and people are singing video. to oh. one another. Yeah. She's in a sequined gown. They're on a salt flat or a sand dune. I mean, so that we're, hit, we're ticking that box. Before that, there was a semi... Not a strict wedding number, but a wedding prep number when AK was like, yeah. I'm going to marry you whether you want it or not. Well, that's Here, interesting, too, because he is featured in two songs, which yeah. I can't think of a Bollywood movie where the villain has a song apart from this one. I can't think of any that yeah. I've seen. Well, it was an unwritten rule for a long time that villains can have songs yeah. and that heroes cool. can have facial hair. And now the world is topsy-turvy. But that, totally. that's really out of the ordinary for this film. And he's such a—he's such an unusual villain too. But that, I, you know, so often I think that a lot of Hindi movie villains are not really scary. It's just mm-hmm. Prakash Raj being mad about something, or you know, at least was for a while. And but like he's scary. He's—it's mm-hmm. not just that he doesn't have any pupils. It's that he is willing to do things. Um, there's a gruesome, gruesome death where he, you know, kills Simrit's family in front of her, mm-hmm. like. And is like, like drugs her parents, puts him in a car and is like, all right, make sure hold her head so that she can watch this as I, one of my paid goons smashes his truck into them and kills all of them. Yeah. Like he's a bad dude. And, and so I, I appreciated that, that there really, there really are stakes for her. I mean, it's not like she doesn't like him because he's gross or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah. no, it's because he's a violent, you know, sadist. I appreciated that he's also kind of a skinny wiener. Like he he is no yeah. he's no uh, match for uh, Jamwal in combat. Yeah. He, he has to use trickery and an army of goons. But when they actually come face to face, he's just getting slapped like um, <laughs> no one's business. And, I, and I, I I was happy like he doesn't turn out to also have some sort of martial art. Whereas no. in Boggy, it is very much in the martial arts tradition of you know the good guy versus the bad guy, and they're both equally matched. Right. And right. and they went to the same dojo, and yeah, that kind of thing. In this um, one, it's it's a um, psychopath gangster versus mm. the martial artist. And I yeah. love the way they played that when they kind of got to the end. I was like, oh, man, I really don't hope it turns out that he's, like, had all this hidden, like, strength and power and talent. And now we're in yeah. for, like, another big fight scene. Not that I wouldn't appreciate another big fight scene, but he takes him out easily. And, and I really, I like how, where that message goes of, like, it's really mm-hmm. just, it's his the fear that you have yeah. for him that's giving him power. He himself is not powerful. Yeah. And, and that Karan makes the point at the end where it's not just that he drags uh, AK into the town square and beats him up to show that he doesn't have power. He, you know, softens him up a bit and then is like, Simrit, go to it. And she starts slapping him so mm-hmm. that the town can see, like, anybody has the power to confront him. You just have to not be afraid of it. And he, he literally gets the point. white slapped out of his eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then he's like, no, it's important. You know, you're the hero now, now that your dad is dead, you know, you're going to be who the one who they're looking to lead. And I like, I like that he puts her in a position to do that. And I also think she's a, she's a better heroine than a lot of movies, a lot of the action movies. Um, you know, I think she has some of the same, like 
chatterbox tendencies early on, which are not great, but it's okay. She's not, she does know when to quit. Mm -hmm. You know, she has a desire to protect herself. You know, she practices fighting and thank God she packed some sensible shoes. She's yeah. running away. I noticed she, that. Yeah. She put sneakers in there, in yeah. her bag. You know, that alone made me happy that it wasn't like this, you know, Kathleen Turner in Romancing the Stone kind of sequence, mm -hmm. like chops the heels off of her shoes so that she can run. Like, no, she planned ahead. Mm -hmm. um, so so that's why I liked her a lot. I'm really kind of bummed that Pooja Chopra didn't get more out of this. Not that this was the greatest performance ever, but I think she's very capable. And I think now she was maybe a few years ahead of her time as we're starting to see more of uh, female-driven action movies, like yeah. the stuff that Sanakshi Sinha is doing now. Or NH10. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Nam Shibana. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, I guess we all liked Commando. Uh, what was your favorite uh, fight scene? I think... God, it's tough. It's, um... I don't like... I didn't like the one with the South African guy, only because it really upsets me when... Vidyat gets punched in the face. Is he's the um, white guy that was um, yes. with a girl in his cabin, like, <laughs> yes. yeah, I'll see you later. Like, no, you won't. <laughs> he blows up his oh. own house. <laughs> <laughs> it's so unnecessary. I love it. That might be the secret best part of the whole movie. Um, oh my god! It. I think the early fight scene at the bus station, like, yeah. really hooks you. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, and. So he, I, he kind I don't, of has I, a Jackie Chan sense of uh, jumping through car windows or, you know, throwing <laughs> bottles at things yeah. and uh, using sticks. And like he really uses his environment in an entertaining way, yeah. which um, um, uh, Tiger Shroff does not do in Bogdan. Right. And that's what I liked about it is that you see the difference in the type of stunts. You know, there's a lot of jumping through windows and small holes in uh, in Commando 2 as well. That's nice. kind of it. Smaller holes, higher windows. <laughs> yes, exactly. Nice. Um, and that also has a good opening action sequence. So, you know, if you this is whether your appetite for even more Commando. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Com yeah. Yeah. I, I'm ready. Um, but, yeah, I guess... Maybe that's showing his ingenuity as a commando that he can live off the land and defeat yeah. people with whatever comes to hand. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they that's just, you know, what he wanted to do in the movie. But I, I, I always like that Jackie Chan style of, you know, interacting with the environment in a yeah. cool way. Yeah, exactly. And he knows which, how to make his actions big. Yeah. Which is important um, when Did you're they, on screen. I don't know if they had to do every single kick in slow motion, but, you know, <laughs> it's... It's it's certainly very acrobatic. Well, and like and, and like you said, being that Boggy does take from a lot of movies, I think Boggy took a lot of lessons from Commando. Mm -hmm. In that there is a crap ton of kicking in this movie, yeah. and it's all in slow mo, and it's really Tiger's only move. Frankly, let's be honest. He's got those long legs, so he does have long legs. So sense, sorry, but... yeah, if I'm jumping ahead yeah. to Boggy, but oh, no, no, that's okay. No, We're... I think it's I think it's time we get to Boggy. Uh, Boggy came out in 2016. It's directed by Xavier Khan, whose uh, previous film was Hero Panty, Tiger Shroff's debut, and his most recent film is Muna Michael, Tiger Shroff's latest. It's almost as if him and Tiger Shroff uh, like working together or something. Yeah. They must. They must. It stars Tiger Shroff, Shraddha Kapoor, oh Sethir Babu, Sunil Grover, Sanjay uh, Mishra, and Sumit Golti. Uh, and there's a sequel due in 2018, Boggy 2, Rebel for, for Love. Now, forgive be... me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Boggy already mean Rebel? So is this not yes. Rebel 2, Rebel for Love? Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. Um, still, still time to change that subtitle. Yeah, any, any time. <laughs> yeah, still, still Absolutely. time to do that. Um, the story involves uh, Tiger Shroff is a martial artist who uh, has to go and save his ex-girlfriend, played by Shraddha Kapoor, um, from a competing martial artist who has kidnapped her and is holding her in a uh, kind of a apartment tower of doom yeah a la the right. raid redemption or dread or i mean it's it's not the most original premise yeah. but uh yeah. that's about half the movie the yeah. other half is yeah. them meeting and also the dojo <laughs> martial arts arena whatever it is that they meet at because the villain of the piece is also the son of the head of the dojo mm-hmm. right yeah so we get a whole flashback of how they met and fell in love how much she likes dancing in the rain that's apparently her only personality trait um and how ragav kind of uh also got the eyes for her and tried to convince her father to let him marry her to let her marry him oh my god i can't speak today um and yeah i'm gonna stop there (laughs) there's not a lot of story so (laughs) No, and it is, you know what you're in for in, like, the very opening scene, which is, I I think about this all the time because it's so funny and stupid. <laughs> so, Raghav the bad guy is in one of, on one of the floors in his Tower of Doom, and his henchman, um, I think his name is Biju, um, walks in, and he goes, we, he says, we found her. Right. And he plops a magazine on his desk. And she's on the cover of the magazine. She's not in hiding. How bad of a henchman are you if you had to wait until she was on the cover of a freaking magazine for you to find her? Maybe he did the interview for the magazine. He's like, I finally found her. Got her. Also, I have a side job working at this magazine. (laughs) Exactly. Available for freelance opportunities. Yeah. Um, That is like the level of dumb that we are talking about. Like, this is is a movie I wanted to talk about because when I saw it, it, it... I don't know if it quite hits this distinction, but it borders on being so bad it's good. Like, yeah. it's it's mostly just so bad it's bad, but it it had it does some really funny, really stupid things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like that's one of them. And oh, I thought that was great. And it's and then we find out more about the woman on the magazine cover. And like you said, she is an idiot. Yep. Like she sucks. She sucks so bad. Like it. Her giggling in the rain, like you said, Ugh. is her only characteristic. And and why this is somehow enchanting, it's only enchanting because the character Tiger plays is also a freaking idiot. Yeah. And like I think you mentioned what? it in your review that his his father dies, his father's in the army, and he goes to this uh, martial arts compound thing. He might as well have had a note taped, uh, like pinned to his shirt, like "Please yeah. look after this boy," <laughs> because yeah. the note says, "By the time you read this, I will be yes. dead." Yeah. <laughs> Please look after my boy. He is a rebel, but you could mold him into. Something Please turn into a human being. Into a human a, being. <laughs> a human being. He hasn't even risen, risen yeah. to that level. His yeah. dad, Chappie from Iron Eagle, is that disappointed with yeah. him that you know. Like, oh, I failed him all these 23 years. I have, he's not even human. He's, I am oh. a terrible father. Please look after my human wreckage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who may not know I'm dead or dying. <laughs> did he ever look at the letter himself? It was in his I pocket. <laughs> what did he think he was leaving for? Like, and you get like the whole, he falls in love with, with Shraddha yeah. on the train. 
And like all that happens, he blunders in while his sensei is meditating and is like, hey, I'm here. And everybody else is like, shut up. And he's like, but what? Hey, I'm going to kick you guys because you're just sitting there. It's almost like and, he's never seen a film or anything or seen someone sitting still yeah. and being quiet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, guys, I'm here now. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it just this is when you set the bar that low, it's really hard to redeem a character who is like subhuman literally subhuman according to his father's report on him yeah and so you're like well this is not by the end of this i'm still gonna hate this guy Mm -hmm. and i did and um yeah i don't know how anyone can kind of put any investment into shraddha kapoor and tiger shroff's love story here like just like who cares? They're two nothing of like people. Like they're I mean, just he's they're got, the thinnest characters. He's got to get the money so the kid can get the operation so he can use words. Oh, right, right. right. <laughs> what the hell happened to that kid? Yeah, we so- didn't bring it up, but there's a there's a child who <laughs> is somehow connected to the dojo who can only say yeah, 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 yeah. He can't actually form words. He has a father, I believe. That guy that he was hanging out with, like. Is that his dad? I th- I I, I'm not sure, but yeah. someone else was taking care of that kid, and then it falls to Tiger Shroff at some point. Yeah, and and it's and the whole reason he gets involved with with going to rescue uh, uh, rescue Shrada after she's been kidnapped is just because he's like, oh, we need you know, Yaya needs to have whatever the hell his real name is. He needs to have an operation. We need to and put I'll, the words I'll, in him. Yeah, we <laughs> he needs he a needs word on me. <laughs> Yeah, he needs yeah the the vocabulary expansion by yeah. via surgery. Yeah. Um, he he. That's the only reason he agrees to save her. It never comes up again. Not at once. The end. You, yeah. you don't find out. Did did he get the surgery? He doesn't show what up happened? at the end and say thank you for putting the yeah. words in me. Yes, exactly. The, there's no resolution to that at all. And you're supposed there... to be too distracted by the romance. Yeah. Oh, which is like so unbearable. I mean that these two morons agree. That they've, they've now see it as a symbol of, I don't know, divine blessing on their relationship that they meet up every time it rains. Next time we're going to go meet on top of a lighthouse on a really awful looking set. Yeah. Um, they get up to, Shraddha gets up to the top of the lighthouse, pouring rain, she's drenched. And it's only when it stops raining and she starts yelling at the clouds that Tiger, who has been sitting, oh, 10 feet away on the opposite side of the lighthouse. If that, if 10 way. feet. Yeah. yeah. Like, is like, ha there she is. I thought she wasn't coming. And, like, gets up to walk. Like, you morons. Just, like, if lightning would have struck the lighthouse that, at that moment, this would have been a better movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, God. It's, like, you don't care if they're together. And then there's all sorts of other nonsense about um, Raghav, the son of the dojo owner you know, falls in love with her on the same train where Tiger meets her and falls in love with her, falls in love with her for nothing else. No other reason than I guess her looks and her attitude. Cause he watches her dance and she mm-hmm. seems feisty. Um, and so I don't, and then it becomes like suddenly I didn't understand the character arc for the villain because Raghav is okay. We know from the very opening that he's not a good guy. He's got his tower. He's a kidnapper. I, I appreciated the uh, goon coming in and saying, "We're pulling in about ninety-three crores from this underground fighting league, <laughs> and then this underground fighting league's pulling about seventy-two. Like, yeah. wow, he's got multiple underground fighting leagues. <laughs> he's that, a franchise owner. I just love those sort of movies where like <laughs> that exists. Like, yeah, yeah, everyone goes to the underground fighting league. What, what yeah. else would you do? Go, go to the movies, read a book? No, underground fighting league. I go there all the time." 
get arrested by cops, they blow up. Like, it's a very dangerous place to go. I love seeing people die right in front of me. It's the best. <laughs> it is the best. I love making money off of it. It's great. Yeah. And it's, but then, yeah, you find out that he's got all these things, but when he's at the dojo, he's like, you know, his dad's best student. He leads the boat race. You know, he's captain of the, the yacht team or whatever. And he, like, doesn't seem like a bad, like, that bad of no. a guy. But then all of a sudden, he's like, I am in love with her. And, Dad, if you are not going to let me marry her, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I will yeah, literally murder you. It's his passion for Shraddha Kapoor that, like, drives him insane and to become yeah. this maniacal, you know, like. I just can't understand it. She doesn't do it for me. There's, yeah, oh, Shraddha Kapoor no is, oh, she is the most boring actress in the entire world, in my opinion. I I am very sorry to all the Shraddha Kapoor fans out there, but I just, I do not get it. She bores me to death. This is a perfect example of, like, nepotism gone wrong, like this movie, where you're like, oh, they're, neither one of them are any good in this. And I'm not, you know, especially because this came after Shraddha did, you know, got some decent reviews for, um... What was the one? Uh, Shiki 2? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, that was well-regarded. She's in Hater. And, I mean, she doesn't pull that movie down. Yeah, she was a Philean Hater. I mean, that's 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 an unforgiving role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this was the movie, um, it was, I I hadn't even put it together until you mentioned who directed it, that, like, Tiger's made every one of his movies, I think, with the same guy, except for the Remo D'Souza movie, Mm A flying jot, which is awesome, and I really nobody... like it, and I can't find yeah. it anywhere. We've been wanting to talk about it on the podcast, yeah. can't find it anywhere, and it's it's fun. It and he's good so in it. Good. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so much fun. I love that movie. Totally underrated, and and that was one where I thought, wow, he's really got potential. Mm-hmm. Maybe this could do something. And I haven't seen Moon and Michael yet, but yeah. like when yeah, and so it's like. You know, you do that, and then you've got a you know a remake of Boggy, which stunk, and then a Rambo remake or a sequel to Boggy and a Rambo remake. You're like, this is not a career trajectory I really feel like following. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But cause... he has, I think he has the potential that he has a great physicality. He can really dance. That's... I think he works out. Do you? What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. He's he's handsome. He's charming. He's charismatic. He just. He needs to be put in kind of the right movies. And A Flying Jet works because it's a satire. And so he's making fun of himself. And it's really yeah. enjoyable. And he was honestly the guy when, you know, everything was going around about how Guy Ritchie couldn't find an Aladdin. And I have no idea if Tiger Shroff can sing. Probably not. But I was like, you know what? He could do it. I could see him mm-hmm. kind of, you know, like bouncing around all over Agrabah. And I think that would be mm-hmm. really engaging and really enjoyable. He just... But this stuff, I just, I find it really, it's derivative. Yeah. Um, And it's just boring. Like, well, just. Ugh. And I guess it's, I guess it raises the question of, you know, he's trying to fill this void that, like, Salman is leaving as he ages out of it. And same thing with even, like, you know, Ajay uh, and Akshay are all, mm-hmm. are all aging out of this. And so somebody needs to be, I guess, the next action hero. But do they really have to be? Does it mean you have to be the same, making the same type of action movies yeah. mm-hmm. as there were before? And and this what that's what this seems like. I don't know if you felt the same way. This, like you said, it's yeah. derivative. I mean, it didn't go as crazy as like a Chevet. I <laughs> right. I really appreciated how nuts that right. movie got. 
if this had been pitched at a similar level and had more like ridiculous stunts and things, I think I would have liked it more. Yeah. I can't 100% hate a movie that has a blooper reel and also where someone pulls at the top of their shirt and is able to rip the whole thing off. Like yes. the, the fact that they have breakaway shirts, uh, it works for me a little bit, but yeah. all of the scenes where him and Shraddha Kapoor are talking, if they were not in the movie, I would be into it a bit more. Yeah. But you're right that it is kind of, you know, it's the same style of action film, certainly like plot wise, but it has this martial arts veneer, which is different and is new, except the best stuff in that vein it steals from another film. Yeah, right. pretty and it, blatantly. Yeah, so it, it it did actually end up in hot water for its similarities to the Raid Redemption. Uh, and I thought before going in, like, I thought, okay, it's a tower full of guys, and he's got to fight them all, maybe. Yeah. But you've got the sticking the machete through the wall thing. Yeah. You've yeah. even got one camera move, which, forgive me if I'm wrong, I think it's from the Raid 2, but... Someone jumps and hides under a table. I, I'm, I'm making a mm. hand, hand, hand move you can't see here. But the camera follows them around and falls on the floor, too. Right. And it's kind yeah. of like a 90-degree camera fall move, mm -hmm. which is right out of one of the yeah. raids for sure. I think it's the second one, though. Yeah. Sabir Khan has claimed that he hasn't even seen it. Sure. <laughs> that being said, Tiger Shroff has admitted that it was a reference point. And the people who have the rights to remake the raid redemption in India did take them to court. I couldn't find out how this court case was settled, yeah. um, but they did go to court. I'm willing to give Bollywood a lot of rope with how it borrows from other films. You know, mm -hmm. I like Gajini. Yeah, <laughs> I like great. Doom three. Um, and I like, you know, how commando took from, from first blood. This, this just felt like blatant copying. It's particularly in that segment, and I think it just is enhanced when you think about all of the other things. You know, there's the Karate Kid kind of reference where mm -hmm. he's, you know, he gets Mr. Miyagi'd into like doing chores that wind up being the, you know, the template for fighting moves. One you know, chore being a big uh, log that hits him in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> he has which to. I, I feel like, you know, you're going to catch on after about four or five of those. You're supposed to figure out some way around that, but he couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, what if we replace all the dialogue between him and or all the talking between him and Trotta with just him getting hit in the nuts yeah. over and over again? That would be five stars. Pretty satisfying. <laughs> five stars. Yeah. Um, the Kathy Gibson edit. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, and then there's a lot of other the references that you can draw from things, and it just you realize that there there's a lot of laziness that went into this, mm -hmm. and it's it's not you know it's borrowing from you know all over the place. And that's where you stop giving it the benefit of the doubt. You know, like you said, if it was just the one sequence, but like this whole thing seems like Frankenstein together. And, yeah. and that, um, I don't, and, and you just, of course, realize that it's very hard to copy the raid. Yeah. You know, the raid, it's a great movie yeah. and, and you're not going to be able to do it as well. You have to do something different. And I thought it was interesting too, that the, the fight, you know, the best fight scene is probably between him and, one of the henchmen played by Kazu Patrick Tang, who you will know because he's wearing like the, 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 oh, he's the wig guy. Oh man. Why? Wig, what is with he, this hair? He, Why? He like, it was like like one of the Supremes like mm -hmm. went on a bender and woke up on someone's couch and like had to, she had to adjust her wig like yeah. you know before leaving the house. And like so he's his girl group you know, sixties girl group wig. Yeah. Um, while fighting, the camera, the action is the best, and the camera lingers the longest. It's the longest shot, I think, when he's 
attacking tiger. Mm -hmm. Then when it's tiger's turn to attack, you all of a sudden get all these quick edits and the short action. And it's, you know, so you're really, you're really seeing the difference in the quality of the performer. I mean, this Kazu Patrick Tang has a pretty long list of credits at IMDB. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. And so that's where it really falls down. You're like, he's just not up to it. It would be different if, um, you know, Commando 2 has sort of a climbing, climbing the, through the building thing that doesn't feel as direct of a ripoff and is also more entertaining because you have a better martial artist doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. What um, did you think of the setting of the film being not in India? Well, his evil fortress isn't in India. The... <laughs> You know, beatific dojo of everyone getting along is in India, but they go to Malaysia, I think, right? They go to Bangkok. They go to Bangkok. Yeah. And there's some business with some Hindi cab drivers, which is pretty oh. terrible. It's just... And some terrible um, um, acting with regards to voice from some of the uh, from the Asian actors there, especially when yeah. the, the blind cab driver is washing his car. It's like, oh, there's a lady here. Like, yeah. no, that's just my car. No worry. Like, and, and speaking of that cab driver, I just want to say, like, I'm well aware of how a lot of these films um, are in some ways reimaginings of the capture of Sita in the Ramayana. Yeah. But did they have to spell it out for us at every opportunity? Mm. Like, I'm using my Hanuman powers to drive this cab. We get yeah. it. Yeah. Anyways, the cab drivers. But, uh, yeah, there was a bit of a strain of, well, these people aren't Indian. And it, it kind of wrote yeah. me a little bit wrong. Um, yeah, I, you think I, I can... I, yeah, I can. I'm free to molest this Thai woman. Yeah, because because she's wearing a mini skirt, which you know Indian women wouldn't do, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and and also she's Thai, and so you know they're uh, like playing on all these negative stereotypes about women, mm-hmm. um, foreign women, and um, and then there's like some insults that Tiger throws at the, at the assassin, you know, and yeah. um about how much better Indian martial arts are than Chinese martial arts and also... Yeah, we didn't oh, get into that. That yeah. that Shaolin is essentially invented in India and then exported along with Buddhism. Right. <laughs> that was a fun part of the movie. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's it, just that weird idea that, like, this, you know, the scenes you're seeing in India, you know, at the dojo are, you know, purity, and, and that's where Tiger decides not to smoke and drink. Yeah. And... You know, then you go to Thailand, and that's where the fighting, illegal fighting yeah. rings and, and all this other stuff are and, and you know, loose women and, and mm-hmm. whatever. And it's, that's what stinks. And yeah. it's, especially because then it glosses over the fact of, it glosses over how awful Shraddha's dad is in it. Yeah. Played by Sunil Grover. Like, <sighs> he's the worst. He's a real jerk ass. He, he's the yeah. comedic relief, but he's just like, he's just awful he does not care about his family or his daughter yeah. he just wants to exploit everyone around him i want to know how he's he not did that. funny i want to know how he yeah. did that thing where he switched his uh sort of uh, robe thing with that other guy though that was pretty oh impressive. his lungy yeah. yeah on the yeah. train he's able to switch it like that was a slick move yeah he's got some pretty good moves his, his, his as well uh do you think it was maybe because that's where they could get the mar- martial artist to fight tiger is you'd have to go to bangkok to get people to work in the movie is that um, possibly a production constraint? That sounds really reasonable. I mean, it, it sounds like a very practical reason for doing it. And it's, um, I also wonder, I, I don't know, um, I'd like to know more about the safety restriction, you know, regulations yeah, yeah. in India versus abroad. And, 
you know, if you're able to do stuff like that more safely, you know, in Thailand where maybe there's a lot more experience maybe, making these films. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so same thing happens in Krish too, right? Cause he goes to, I think he goes to Malaysia. Well, what I was going to say is it doesn't feel the same way as it does in films like Badrinath Kitohania and Krish and even Mastizade, where it's very clear that they're getting money from the tourism board yeah. to yeah. set part of the film there. And they kind of show those locations as like fun party locations. Yeah. Um, here we see just kind of a very unsettling and somewhat um, stereotypical and maybe a racist portrayal of Thailand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, I just, I don't think we need, I, the movie doesn't need no. it. No. You know? It's it's already got so many levels. We don't need to add any more complexity to this really tough to follow story. There is a lot going on in this movie. There actually is a lot of yeah. a lot of. But none uh, of it adds up to anything. Like it adds a lot up of to event. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. What I did just, you think of the fighting, though? You had some more comments about how Vidya, you could tell he's got thirty years of experience. Yeah. What do you think it is about Tiger that maybe thinks he's more of a dilettante with this stuff? Um, I just. You know, so a lot of it probably has to do with, yeah, what what is he capable of? What's his training in? Um, it's you almost look at their bodies too, and this is not based on any sort of science or anything. It's just me guessing, but Vidget's musculature versus Tiger's musculature. Vidget's body seems designed to do things. He's like, yoked, yeah. Yeah, like he needs all these muscles so that he can, you know, do all these cool, you know, you know, overhead push-ups and stuff like that. Yeah. Tiger's body seems very much for show. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he can do plenty of things, but um, it he doesn't. He's not built the same way. And I don't know. I think he's probably tr focuses more on his dancing, mm -hmm. which is it, which is admittedly a much more useful skill if you're going to be acting in Bollywood. Yeah. Um. So I just don't know if he's made to do the same kind of things. And also, I don't know how much how much he can do because there's much more riding on him than yeah. on Vidyut. Vidyut yeah. is not, you know, Vidyut can act for himself. This is like a legacy and a whole family and an enterprise that is depending on Tiger, yeah. not breaking things. And, you know, even like you said, in the, um, in the blooper reel, you just see him like slipping on stuff and all that. And so I think you're limited when you maybe don't have the confidence in him to be able to do all this parkour type stuff. Um, but also you just can't take the risks with him that you could elsewhere. Yeah. So it's, you can't, you, just you can't hit the face. Yeah. He doesn't get hit in the face, does he? I don't think right? so. I don't, I don't no. think he does. It's his money maker. Yeah, he needs he needs that. He could never join yeah. an underground fighting league, that's for sure. No, no. Fidget <laughs> Gemma, though, I could see him dominating. You know what? I bet he's been league. in several underground fighting leagues. Probably. I, they're everywhere. I mean, we go every Friday. So. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, he would have to be probably the person I'd have to reach out on, to on the internet if I was like, I don't know where to find my local underground fighting yeah. ring. Well, you we know? have the one that's in X-Men that uh, Wolverine fights at. He's over here oh, yeah. all the time. So, yeah. It's extremely violent and deadly. Uh, it's very dangerous. <laughs> Redneck cage matching? Yeah, yeah. We, it's just at a bar down the street. Yeah. Um, well, I have to say, I'm glad that we finally discussed Boggy on the show because some listeners have asked us to. Um, Sorry, listeners. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I don't always know when people ask us to discuss certain films if they want a, a positive review or a negative one, but you're always going to get an honest one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we gave it a, we gave it an honest try. And I think, yeah, um, and I, I, it's, it's certainly an interesting film to talk about. And I do yeah. really think that Tiger Shroff has potential kind of based on a flying jet, which 
I'm happy to hear you also liked Kathy because yeah. I've gotten some flack online for liking that movie, but I, I maybe it's because I really wanted a parody of superhero movies. I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah. I think I think he has something. I just I'm not interested in this mode, and I hope that I don't know. Mm -hmm. I guess that's making money, so it makes sense to continue to work with Sabir Khan, and maybe it's a great environment. You know, who knows? Yeah. But it's not producing anything. Um, you know, interesting cinema-wise. Um, and I've seen Muna Michael. It's fun to see uh, Nawazuddin Siddiqui's mm -hmm. uh, terrible dancing, <laughs> which is, like, terrible <laughs> within the context of the film, too, and right. it really goes for it. But uh, outside of the dancing, it's a really nothing of a movie. Mm. Yeah, and and I don't know what, what Tiger's potential is um, overseas, too. That's, yeah. you know, not that not that his his career, obviously, is going to be made in India, but... Um, his movies haven't done great here. Like even Boggy was sort of like middling um, in terms of the money it made because it's really hard to establish a, a new stars internationally. It's, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I just don't know what his chances are here. Mm -hmm. So it, it'd be, it'll be interesting to see if he winds up being more of a domestic hero than an international one. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. If the rumors come to fruition that he's in Karen Johar's Student of the Year two, what that could that could what? that could kind of spark because yeah, in everyone oh, will go man. see a new Karen Johar film. He's gonna oh, right. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. Who who else was cast in that? Wasn't it like um, Pratik or something? I, I can't remember who else I read oh. who was like it was it was a weird cast and I don't. I'm still confused on if it's going through, so yeah. I think it is, but it huh. wasn't listed in Tiger Shop's upcoming film, so I was like, oh, maybe mm. it fell through. I don't know. Hmm. No. That's really interesting. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Yeah. Uh, Kathy, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Oh, good. Good. We, we want our guests to have fun <laughs> on the show. Uh, where can um, our listeners find you on the web? So uh, my primary site is accessbollywood.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Kathy F. Gibson. Great. Perfect. Very succinct. We'll leave all of those links uh, in the show notes, as always. Thanks again to Kathy for coming on the show. We will be back in two weeks with a new episode. We'll be joined by another special guest, Piyush Patel, who is a DJ on our local radio station, CJSR. And we're discussing the films of Mani Ratnam. Uh, prolific and celebrated director of Indian cinema. We'll be looking at some of his Bollywood films. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, we haven't updated this list in a while, but we have quite a few places you can hear the show. So you can find us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Deezer, iTunes, um, Tumblr, bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com, Facebook, just look up Bollywood is for Lovers. Uh, on Twitter at Bollywood Pod. You can find me personally on Twitter at Aaron E. Fraser, E R N E F R A S E R. And you can find me at Matt underscore B O W E S. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a star rating and review on iTunes. We haven't had any new reviews in a while, but we promise to read any new reviews that we receive uh, on air. It also really helps people discover the show. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back in uh, two weeks.